Welcome to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. As Will Smith's new film, Emancipation, is set to be released next week, or next month, rather, some are baffled as to why we need yet another movie that focuses on slavery. And some others advocate for more movies like this one to be made that will continue to reveal the harsh realities of slavery. But do we really need more slave movies from Hollywood? Let's get down to business. The business of being black today is do we need more slave movies from Hollywood. Please welcome writer, director, and professor of cinema, television, and emerging media studies at Morehouse College, Professor Avery Williams. Hi, Professor. Hello there, Tabby. How are you today? I'm all right. Thankful is the word. Thankful is the word. Video essayist and pop culture journalist, Princess Weeks, is here. Hi, Princess. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. Author Sean James. Hi, Sean. Hi. Actor and content creator Antoine Tate is with us today. Hi, Antoine. I'm good. How are you? Excellent. And author and professor of women's gender and sexuality studies at the State University of New York at Albany, Dr. Janelle Hobson. Hi, Dr. Janelle. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Love the topic today. So let's go. Why should black people care? That's what I want to know. That's what I always want to know. Why should black people care if there are movies about slavery or not? Dr. Janelle, let's kick things off with you. Uh, well, I think we should care. I mean, I know I care. <laughs> uh, obviously, it's my work. I do a lot of work on uh, history and Black women's history in particular. And this year is really important. Uh, Isabel Wilkinson, the author of The Warmth of Other Sons, already let us know that we are at the threshold. 2022 is the threshold. 246 years since 1776 and also 246 years since 1619 up to 1776 basically 400 years of slavery. Uh, I don't think we've even touched uh, that subject in any meaningful way in, in many of our movies. Uh, I, I, I think it's like a, the tip of the iceberg is where we are in terms of being able to even talk about stories around slavery. That's 400 years of our enslaved ancestors. Uh, we, we, we don't know what they were thinking. We don't know what their dignity was. Uh, we have a, some inkling of it through maybe Roots. Uh, we have some rebellion with Django Unchained, uh, which was a fun movie. But I'd like to see more. So I know I also understand why many people are also disturbed by having more slavery movies, because Hollywood tends to just focus on black pain instead of actually complicating what black pain looks like, because there's also black joy. These are our ancestors who taught us how to have fun and who taught us how to make music. And we're still doing that work. We're still having joy. And that was taught to us. That was brought down, um, down the line, you know, from those who were brought over the slave ships, those who existed before the slave ship on the African continent, and think about all the stories that we have yet to even touch. Uh, so I, I really think this is why we should care. Okay, you said a lot there. I'm not quite sure if I got why we should care out of that, but Avery, why should Black people care if there are slave movies or not? Well, because storytelling is an inherent part of who we are as a people. Um, it informs our present, it informs our future, and it informs others. And this uh, film medium that we're talking about, film and television, is so incredibly powerful as a storytelling device that if you care about how you are going to re represent it now and in the future and to others, then you should care on whether that is uh, whether slave movies are, are uh, an important part of that storytelling. Antoine, give it to me. Why should black people care? Why should I care? Listen, you should care because it's our history. That's We need to know about what's going on. I don't think we're in a place where we will continuously teach it. Um, so by having these movies, it is important. In addition, without talking about our history, we're bound to repeat stuff. We're bound for it to be reimagined. And we already got places in different school districts who are trying to reword things. Instead of saying slaves, we're called workers. We're called immigrants. <laughs> that is not what we were. We were slaves. We, we were brought here. We were stolen. Okay? Mm -hmm. That's it. That's pretty much what it is. Straight in point. Princess, why I, should Black people care? I agree with everyone so far. It's our history, and also it connects a lot of us globally. I mean, we have barely even touched on slavery in the Americas, what it looked like in South America, in the Caribbean, all that pain, but also all that resistance. I mean, this idea that some people have, including other Black people, that we just passively sat through slavery is 
completely misinformed. And with these films, we have an opportunity to show how we fought, including Black women, Black queer people, enslaved people fighting for our rights every day. And that should not be forgotten. Absolutely. Sean, why should Black people care? Well, Black people should care because there's more to life than slavery, and we need to see a broader picture of Black culture. As a writer who focuses on creating positive stories about the Black experience, yes, I know slavery is a part of Black history, but we have a much richer and larger history, and we've barely scratched the surface on Black history and Black culture. I mean, most of what we see today is mostly either these slave movies or these hood movies, and Hollywood does not give us that rich, broader picture that we were just starting to see when Bill Cosby introduced The Cosby Show and we had the golden age of, as I see it, Black cinema. We're not getting to see that richer, broader picture of Black culture, something I try to present in my work, where I show you a larger world of Black people. Like We don't even get to see Black people in other parts of Black cultures, like the goth subculture, and we don't get to see other aspects of Black-owned businesses. We rarely get to see those types of stories on film. And I believe it's time we started to see a richer and broader picture of Black culture and the Black experience. It's interesting uh, you mentioned uh, the limited amount that just Americans know about Black history. I was watching an episode of Blackish just the other night, and they were talking about Black History Month and how, you know, their children were only learning about Martin Luther King Jr. and Rosa Parks and the typical Black heroes that we know and love today. But there are so many more that our culture and the educational system dives into. So it's interesting that some people would want to stop movies that depict our history in whatever way our history is truth. So let let me just flat out ask the question, do we need another slave movie, Dr. Janelle? Do we need another movie about slavery? We need another movie about slave resistance. (laughs) That's what I think. Ah, we need more Birth of a Nation's. We need, well, yeah, and, and done better, by the way, I should add. Uh, we also need, uh, I've yet to see a movie about the Haitian Revolution. I uh, There's so many um, stories about our rebellion, stories of the ways that we uh, were able to uh, break out of our chains. Uh, even those who were enslaved, uh, they were doing everyday resistance. Uh, we don't see that either. So... I I believe because we have been so limited in those depictions, why we need more um, movies that focus on enslaved uh, people. And I also want to clarify, I'm talking about enslaved people, not slaves. (laughs) Uh, I I do think there's a difference. We need more movies about enslaved people and their resistance more than we need more movies about slavery. Specify the difference, please. So, well, the difference to me is... um, Think of something like 12 Years a Slave, which I thought Steve McQueen did a great job in, in showing Black pain. And, and What's and the so- difference between enslaved and slavery? Okay, so enslaved and slavery. Enslaved is about the conditions in which those who were entrapped in slavery versus slavery, which just makes it seem like that that is their whole existence. You know, Understood. that you're slave. Yeah. yeah. And if we told more stories about the rebellion of slavery, then Kanye West wouldn't think that it was a choice and not know that there were people who actually tried their best to be free. Uh, Professor Avery, your thoughts? Um, Tammy, I would almost reframe uh, the question. Uh, We don't, do we need uh, uh, more slave movies? The question is, do we... Do we need movies at all? And and I would answer that. Even though I'm a filmmaker, I would say we don't need to make any movies. I mean, I'm a, I'm a writer, so I encourage people to pick up a book uh, more often. But the question for me, then, if I'm reframing it, is do we want more what we call slave movies? And I, and I think I agree with everybody on the panel that I, that if we can tell other stories in that genre, I mean, the American plantation genre has been going on since... 1903 when they began with Uncle Tom's Cabin and so I never heard of that plantation genre it's oh, a yeah, whole yeah. genre right It's a whole genre film yeah. that began I mean look from uh Uncle Tom's Cabin to Birth of a Nation in 1915 to Gone with the Wind 1939 on through to Django and 12 Years a Slave it is this whole 
antebellum look that that America loves and falls in love with every once in a while to show that yes, the it's South almost a it. fetish. It's almost yes. an American mm-hmm. fetish. It was that uh, we we love this the the, the this uh, uh, song of the South, you know, and that and that whole look. So. You know, so that so that's a genre, you know. But there are other ways and other stories within that genre that I think we can definitely tell, and I am an advocate for that. All right. Uh, so, Antoine. Yeah, we need it. You know, there's still so many unsung heroes um, that we don't know about. There's so many people that we do know about that we've only lo- uh, known about, like Frederick Douglass, who still don't even have a type of movie or even a TV show. So, for me, it definitely is important. Um, I don't. I'm not sure if everyone in their household continuously teaches their kids and their family about what, ha- what has happened in the past. I doubt it. I mean, I know if I had kids, I would, but I don't trust that we as a community actually do that. So I think when we have these movies, when we have these shows that focus and talks about slavery, I think it does us much justice. Princess, I think when we talk about more slave movies, it's important to to differentiate that, like of serious films about Black enslavement, there aren't that many. It seems like that because they get this kind of prestige rollout and it becomes a hyper-focus. But when I was doing my research, it was maybe about 12 films altogether throughout years that really seriously focused on Black enslavement. Emancipation would be the 13th. So even when we do get slave films, they become this sort of huge cultural moment that we're all discussing, do we need more, without recognizing that, you know, between 12 Years a Slave and Amistad and Beloved, those are sometimes decades in between. We just often focus on it. And when we do actually have Black independent filmmakers making their own films, telling their own different stories, are we supporting them? Are we backing it up? So I don't even think that it's a matter that we have more slave, more movies about Black enslavement than anything else. It's just that in the mainstream media, those films will get this prestige rollout. Meanwhile, the works of like D. Reese or something like East Bayou or Daughters of the Dust, we don't really have unless you were in some kind of film studies class actually learning about Black filmmaking. Sean? I think we've had enough slave movies for the last decade. I mean, it's just, it's all the time. It's basically feeling like a historical horror movie where we get to see Black people basically tortured in a lot of these films in order to gratify your white and non-Black audiences. And I believe it's time that we started focusing on some other aspects of Black life and Black culture than slavery, because it seems like the only types of movies that Hollywood can make these days are these slave movies, and we've forgotten all about the other aspects of Black life and Black culture. And all we're getting is this limited picture, which keeps taking us back to the past, and instead of us focusing on a world where Black children can start to see a bigger picture of life other than just slavery. Well, I have a bigger picture than life other than slavery. It's called a commercial break. Back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack. And the Business of Being Black today is, do we need another slave movie? Let's be real here. We talk about slave movies, or I now love to call it, Dr. Avery, these plantation genres. Are they, uh, we talked earlier about how they seem to be an American fetish with the old antebellum South and uh, movies about slavery, but are they educational or just entertainment purposes? Because when we talk about, do we need another slave movie? Are there really movies that depict the true history of slavery or are these fantasy films that just produce what, slavery looks like because uh, to the American eye, it looks pictorious. Let's go with you, Dr. Uh, 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 Professor Avery. Uh, pictorious. I, I'll put that word in my vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, let me look. Move, uh, I mean, these are, you know, you, you strike an interesting question here. Are movies supposed to be entertaining, informative? Um, are they supposed to teach something? Or all of the above? And I think that that is a, a, a conundrum sometimes because we, we you want to have some truth, but then again you want to entertain people because that's how people will pay will 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 will, will um, give their dollars. But the bottom line for I think for us is speaking culturally is that I think everybody would agree that trauma, watching trauma or going through trauma is tiring. And we as a black people we get tired of the trauma of being tired of watching our trauma, and so. You know, so sometimes you want to be able to pull back and say, give me, you know, a movie like uh, The Woman King, you know, um, to where or uh, Wakanda Forever, where we see black people not necessarily going through trauma as we have always seen it, but in a very different 
more entertaining light per se. So it, it's a balance. And I'd be interested to hear what everybody else thinks about you know that this particular question. I find it interesting that they uh, that Hollywood loves to uh, portray and depict our trauma, but America loves to deny our trauma. Mm. That's quite interesting to me. Antoine? You know, I was going to say that I definitely think there needs to be a balance. Um, this is this whole thing that people say, well, we don't need slave movies. I still think we need slave movies, but I, I think it's most important to have balance. You know, I think it's important for us to have the quirky movies, the, the sci-fi, the horror, all those other kind of things. And I do think that Hollywood has this obsession with showcasing our trauma, trauma porn. I do think they have this obsession with creating movies that are more like Oscar Beatty. Um, but like Princess said, we actually really don't have that many slave movies compared to, what, hood movies, gang violence that people love. I never hear too much conversations about why we keep making the boys in the hood? Why we keep talking about having shows and TV show movies depicting drugs and violence and prostitution? But Antoine, I think we know why, right? We know why because those are the movies that the people who greenlight films think black people want to see and think that will sell. Let's not forget, we are talking about the money when we talk about movies and we talk about films and we talk about Hollywood. Mm -hmm. This is about the money, honey. And Wakanda being the first movie ever to show and prove Hollywood that black people uh, are loved across the spectrums of the globe. Uh, yes, no, princess? I mean, it's, it's a complicated thing because I just want to go back to uh, Dr. Avery's point about trauma, because I see a lot of black slave and black historical narratives being lumped in all together with black trauma. And I would I would be remiss to call something like Toni Morrison's beloved just trauma. You know, it, it, as black people, when we are exploring these topics, and I think that's the important thing, that we are the ones who are controlling these productions getting made. You know, they're about giving you a lens into the inside of these people. And I think that it's very limiting when we say that Black artists cannot examine their own cultural history. You know, we shouldn't have to go to Africa as a place to explore Blackness in different ways. There were many ways to be Black, and, there, and fundamentally, I remember growing up and people feeling embarrassed about being descendants of slavery, and I had to unlearn that. And I think part of what these movies can do when done right and done in the right intent is unmake that identity complex, unmake that idea that you can't be complete as just being a Black person, because so much of that is tied to how we teach slavery and how we use it to as a thing of shame in some history lessons. And I think that is a deeper trauma than acknowledging the pain that our ancestors went through and that we are here today living despite. You know, as a Caribbean person, it's like our rate of survival was so low. The fact that I'm here, to me, when you think about that context, it's incredible. But we don't have media that teaches that. And that, I think, is what's so unfortunate, because we do see it's effective. When Watchmen came out, everyone learned about the Tulsa race massacre. Mm -hmm. You know, people who were Black had never heard of that. People outside that area had never heard of that. And that show create an entire different education for people who are watching it. And but I think how do you that depict is important. What's, how do you depict what's true and what's false when it comes to uh, movies and, and television shows? So if that's something that you never knew about and you mm -hmm. see it, uh, how do you know if it's real or if it's not? Well, we do have the, it's very well recorded. I mean, that's kind of the sad thing about, we have a lot of narratives from later freed people about their experiences. We have articles and pieces of information about the massacre and what happened. The thing is that that stuff doesn't get taught to you when you're in high school or middle school. That is usually set up to college. So there is sort of an academic buffer between at what age you are seen as appropriate to learn these things. It's kind of just softened up until you're a certain age, get to a certain academic level, and then you kind of learn these more things. I didn't learn a lot of this stuff until grad school. And I went to predominantly black schools uh, growing up. Yeah, I have to agree. I went, uh, I, I went to a black high school. I don't think I've learned much about uh, black history in depth uh, until college. And I went to a historically black college, uh, Bennett College. So uh, mm -hmm. there was that. I'm not sure that if I would have gone to the University of Southern California, I would have learned as much. <laughs> Uh, but do these movies about slavery help make sense of the challenges that Black Americans face, Sean? Um, I don't. I think that some of them used to make sense about the challenges that Black Americans face, but I think that a lot of them have basically they're not doing that anymore. As I see it, many of these films basically are coming across like torture porn, 
and they're just really being made just to allow many of these white racists to get gratified and be covertly while overtly trying to tell you a slave story. So it's like a covert thing where they're just making it where they get their jollies and their pleasure by seeing black people suffer and then going out here passively trying to sell you the idea that, oh, black people are going to learn something about their history, but they're not really learning thing, anything at all because they're not really going in depth. Now, I really learned a lot about black history back in high school when I took a minority studies class, and I learned about a lot of the things that went on as related to a lot of the horrors of, the, of black history. But I also learned a lot about the positives of black history, like many of our black owned businesses, many of our black entrepreneurs, many of our black inventors. These are people who really, really ever get talked about enough and they rarely ever get films made about them. And I think it's time we started focusing on making films about those brothers and sisters who have gone out here and made great innovations and great inventions and built businesses. Those are the kind of people who aren't getting their stories told. All we get told by Hollywood are stories about misery and suffering as related to slavery and not anything about who we are and who we are becoming in the future. Antoine, is it important to educate and uh, remind people about America's history of slavery? Absolutely. And a lot, of, a lot of that is done via social media. A lot of that is done via documentaries. But when it comes to Hollywood movies, it is about the in entertainment value. Um, but I think what those things do, it's once you hear about a specific story and uh, part in history, it kind of makes you want to go and do your own research. And I think that's where a lot of that comes into play. Yeah, yeah. I... I... I cannot watch a movie, and particularly if it's particularly if it is a a, a biography. I cannot watch a movie without my Google in hand. <laughs> I want to know which parts were real, which parts were fake. I have to go to the Wikipedia. I have to backtrack and double check to see if the ages are correct and the timeline is correct. Like I, these movies today with the uh, invention of the Internet, I cannot watch them and be like, OK, cool. That's what happened. I have to fact check the movies today. And I'm so happy. That's one reason I'm happy about the Internet. It allows you to fact check. Uh, in real time, right, Professor Avery? Oh, that's true interactivity right there, isn't it? You know, yeah. right? that you are definitely interacting what's on the screen and, and understanding the caveat that what I'm watching may not be for real. I mean, look, it's not real anyway. I mean, Coleridge, I mean, it's the willing suspension of disbelief that we believe that Will Smith is playing a, a, a slave and he's gotten whipped and we're going to take that into our belief system for those two and a half hours, wherever long the film is. And, and I think that that speaks to just our evolution as a people. As, and, as, and it's important that when we talk to our young people, that we, they recognize that everything on that screen is not necessarily real. So I love what you do, picking up and, and doing your research. That actually gives more depth to what's, what's on the screen. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I do it with every movie. I did it. Was, was it the Gucci movie? It had nothing to do with black people, but... Oh, uh, <laughs> Gucci, right, yeah. House of Gucci, like, I was I like, wait a minute. Did <laughs> she really kill him? Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who that Gucci? <laughs> what? Gucci don't own Gucci no more? What? Yeah. Um, so should we depend, though, on movies to educate us about uh, slavery and the victimization of black Americans, Professor Avery? No, no, let's not depend upon it. That's why we have documentaries. I mean, I, I teach that the sole purpose of, uh, or one of the main purposes of a documentary is to educate. Eh, some uh, of these documentaries be a little off kilter too, Well, they're going to have to get right back on kilter. You know? <laughs> I know sometimes they run, yeah, you, know, you know, there's Michael Moore, I know, and a lot of other guys, they take liberties. But a good documentary should educate and should stay within that zone of education. A movie, let's keep it real. It's about entertainment. Right. The, the, the problem I have with new documentaries is that documentaries they're not doing their just journalism mm. they're not getting both sides of the story and that's what a documentary should do yes. it should get both sides of the story so that there is no opinion you have to decide from the facts how you feel about whatever that thing is that the documentary is about so that's my problem with the more recent documentaries they seem mm. to all have a specific intention and want you to believe something I believe I have a commercial break right now <laughs> back. Back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack. And the Business of Being Black today is Do We Need Another Slave Movie? Please welcome writer, director, and professor of cinema, television, and emerging media studies at Morehouse College, Professor 
Avery Williams, video essayist and pop culture journalist, Princess Weeks, author Sean James, actor and content creator, Antoine Tate, and author and professor of women's gender and sexuality studies at the State University of New York at Albany, Dr. Janelle Hobson. Dr. Janelle, should we take into account that most of these movies are written and directed by white men when we talk about slave movies or this plantation genre? We should, just because of the long history. Uh, which is why I think we have a very specific kind of narrative that always gets told over and over. Uh, whatever you may think about, whether it's Steven Spielberg's Amistad or Quentin Tarantino's Django Unchained, um, very different movies, but very different approaches to uh, slave resistance. Uh, but I would like to see more Black creatives uh, do that same work. Uh, and we did get some of that work, whether it's Steve McQueen's 12 Years a Slave or even Barry Jenkins, the Underground Railroad that was showing on um, Prime Video. Uh, those have been some really important, I thought, interventions into that kind of uh, genre, the plantation genre that Professor Avery Williams talked about. And so I I think it's important that we diversify behind the scene, the behind the behind the um behind this uh, camera as much as in front of the camera. And I'm just hoping that we can at least uh have more, I won't even say more facts, because I don't know that we really need to be using Hollywood movies to educate ourselves. We really should be using it for art and entertainment. Uh, but it does whet the appetite for people to want to go and actually learn more about uh, the subject matter. Yeah, Sean? Well, I'm, I'm really, I, when I think about all these white guys making all these films, it's, it's really troubling to me because that means we're only getting to see black people through a white lens. And when it comes down to these slave movies, they always make sure that almost every one of these stories has us failing in the end. So that's where I have an issue with it because when you have whites controlling the narrative of your past, they can always craft a story where your future always ends in failure. So I really am not one that thinks that these movies are a good idea to be made by the people who oppressed us, because the person who oppresses you, when they control the narrative, they're going to tell stories that really degrade Black people. And that's what I've seen with most of these slave movies. Yeah. Princess, you agree? I mean, I think it's a mixed bag. I mean, like, the most recent slave movies that we've been getting have been by... Black people. I mean, Antoine Fuqua is working on emancipation. Um, 12 Years a Slave is by a Black Caribbean man. So I think the tide is changing. I think historically that's always going to be an issue. As someone who studied English, a lot of these, like Uncle Tom's Cabin was written by an abolitionist who wrote it because they felt the best way to appeal to white people was to make very sad stories about Black people. And slowly, Black people began to write their own stories, but they're not the ones that people read. And we are the ones that can change that. And it is very frustrating, but I don't think it dismisses the work that people are doing. And to another point that Sean made earlier about that that's all we have, just within the last 10 years, you know, we've had Ma Rennie's Black Bottom, Mudbound, Moonlight, you know, Bessie, we do absolutely make room to highlight Black joy, different kind of Black struggles besides slavery, just that slavery is the hot button issue that will always get mass media attention. And that's unfortunate because it is true. We have a lot more to say and a lot more history to share. It just happens to be the subject matter that people want to hear the most about from Black people. Uh, Antoine, mm -hmm. Antoine go, go ahead. Go ahead, Dr. Janelle. Uh, I, I wanted to add to that, that can we also think about um, why slavery has to be its own genre? Because why can't it just be the back the backdrop? Uh, because we, why can't we have a sci-fi that's set in slavery, like Kindred? That's Kindred, kind of, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'd like to see us be more imaginative when we look at uh, characters from that particular uh, period without it having to be, oh, woe is me, it's slavery, and oh, woe is me, it's trauma porn, uh, you know, to the points that some of us have been making. Uh, I, I think we just need to be more imaginative, not even factually, uh, but more imaginative. That's a very interesting comment. Uh, Professor, how do you feel about that? Well, uh, I guess I'm um, when it, the, the, thinking about your previous question. For me, 
it's all it's the quality of the filmmaking um and don't get me wrong i understand as a director i understand that a, a movie is told through the prism of the director's vision i totally get that but there are some filmmakers regardless black or white who are great filmmakers and some are horrible i tend to put the art above i am i like good filmmakers and i'll put this on the record i'm a huge fan of uh, the color purple, Steven Spielberg's color purple. I mean, my Alice mama, Walker's well, color purple. You, yes. so Alice Walker, you're right. <laughs> but when we talk about movies, I'm talking about as a director. No, you're totally understood. Correct. Understood. Right. My mama could quote that all that entire movie. Any movie that grabs my mama in that way. I mean, I don't know how many times she walked around saying, "All my life, I've been fighting my dad." You know, right? That was her thing. And and I give a, cre a lot of credit that to the artistry of the filmmaking. So. It's a double-edged sword for me. I, I, I do want more black creatives. I agree with with, with Princess and 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 with uh, uh, Dr. Hobson. Yes, we should have more black creatives, and I'm so for that. I'm a black creative myself, so yes, I'm an advocate of that. But I'm also an advocate for the quality of the art. And when we start making those that quality, oh, I'm there with you. Mm, yeah. We, uh, listen, I don't know a black person that doesn't like the color purple, right? I mean, it I'm did. no fan of that movie. <laughs> You're no fan oh, of that well, we movie? Got one. Well, I know one <laughs> black person. We got one. We got Why one. not, Sean? Go ahead. The color purple is misandristic, anti-black man trash. And it degrades, and degrades the black man's image, depicting him as a black brute, and basically demonizes every black man in that movie. I mean, when I watched that movie, I was absolutely disgusted by the way Black men were depicted in that film, presented as sexual deviants, presented as violent brutes, and your Alice Walker even goes as far as depicting Black boys as being violent and hostile. And that is just the worst image I have ever seen of Black manhood and Black masculinity in my life. And this is one of the reasons why I dedicate myself to putting my finger to the keyboard to writing books like the John Haynes series, because I want to show a positive image of Black manhood and Black masculinity that your Alice Walker doesn't even want to know about. I mean, this Black feminist went out of her way to destroy the image of Black manhood and Black masculinity with that book, and it was elevated by your white supremacists in Hollywood and given a National Book Award, and that really just aggravates me because, again, as a Black man who grew up in the South Bronx, I know that there's positive images of Black manhood and Black masculinity modeled to me by my brother, my father, and even people like Bill Cosby. So I know that what your Alice Walker did with The Color Purple, that was just wow, absolutely disgraceful. Is, uh, and I was deeply offended by that movie. And I'm just deeply offended by the images in that I, and movie. And I think that goes... Because I, I know think, that Black men love Black women. And I, and I, and I that think that... Men, hold that thought, Sean. I think that that goes towards what Antoine was saying when we need balance, right? You need balance so that all of the stories can be told. Uh, I, I, I understand what you're saying. That is a whole topic in itself, uh, <laughs> the denigration <laughs> of Black men in America. But uh, we certainly get your point well taken. Uh, so let's talk about it then. It, it seems like when uh, when the movie genres, when black people step outside of slavery movies or ghetto hood movies, ratchet movies, that there's not quite a thirst for it. Lovecraft Country was uh, one of my favorite um, series. I mean, just a wonderful show. It was canceled after season one. Uh, we've got to talk about all of the movies that the great debaters, I think it was with Denzel Washington, it flopped at the box office. So do black people even want to see the goodness in themselves, princess? I mean, absolutely. I mean, Lovecraft Country, that, I mean, that, I could get into a whole conversation about that. But I think that do you Black feel about hate. Lovecraft Country the way Sean was, feels about Color Purple? <laughs> not that, not that intensely, not that intensely for sure. But that that show had a lot of colorist issues, and the book is based on a book by a white man, so th it had that old issue with it. A racist but, white man. <laughs> <laughs> the, I I think that Black people don't like corniness, and sometimes. Uh, sentimentality can come across as corniness. And I don't think that we often are given access to all of these films. I certainly didn't know about Eve's Bayou, except for older Black women who introduced that movie to me. 
Sorry, no, there's a commercial. <laughs> okay, well, you take us to commercial break. All then. right, we're going to take a little <laughs> break and I'll be back to tell you all my thoughts. <laughs> we'll be back. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack and the Business of Being Black today are slave movies. Listen, have we had enough of the slavery all right already? Princess, you were speaking on the way out to break. Yeah, I was just thinking about like films like Mudbound by Dee Reese, who's an amazing black filmmaker. And that movie won a cat was nominated for multiple Academy Awards. I think that there is still, depending on where you live, not a lot of stratification of what movies you get access to, what movies that you are given sort of accessibility to with like limited releases, with things coming out on Netflix like Hotter They Fall. Sometimes prestige black movies get the same barrier to access that white prestige movies guys like you don't get to see them every day you don't get access to them all the time and i think that's an unfortunate thing and then there's something like moonlight which i think is an incredible movie with a great black lead um there are people who might not see it because it's got queer stuff in it and so there's a lot of reasons why certain people don't see these movies i don't think it's for lack of not wanting to see them otherwise you wouldn't get something like black panther i think they might not know especially today, it's it's very easy to be ignored when so many films come out across so many platforms to know what really is out there unless you're plugged in. Right. Uh, uh, go ahead, Antoine. Uh, I would want to echo Princess. I, I do think it's uh, what's accessible, but I also think that we as a society, as people, as a group of people, we're, a little more, we're getting a little more open-minded, open to things, different type of genres, different type of topics. Uh, Moonlight is actually a really good one. It was controversial to a degree, um, but fast forward to now, we're starting to see a little bit more characters and more movies about queer Black people. Um, so I really, again, back to balance, but it's really also about accessibility and just being a little more open-minded. Yeah. Well, I've been, I've been reaching a lot of audiences with my literature and different aspects of Black life, and I've been reaching audiences all over the world. I mean, I had a series of books about the Black goth subculture do extremely well and i've gotten black fantasy books that do extremely well and i had a book about a black sorority that did very well so i believe that the audience is out there and sometimes you just have to go out here and put in the work to go reach that audience and i've been doing that for the last couple of years and i've been reaching larger audience of black readers and even readers all over the world who are white and non-black with stories about the black experience and different aspects of black culture but it's just it's the efforts that you have to put in to reach that audience, but they're out there and they want that material. And I also think what people want, in partic particularly Black people, is stories that are not about our Blackness, just stories that are about us being human beings. No, Professor Avery? Yes, yeah, about our humanity, you know, right, where everything is not always seen through you know, through the, through uh, the racial, uh, um, uh, you know, tube that we're just Prison. sometimes narrowed ourselves, narrow ourselves into. I mean, Baldwin speaks about that um, quite a lot. But also, I just want to add this. And, uh, so it's a, it, it's both ends. The creators have to be bold enough to say, hey, look, I'm going to trust my audience that they will take on something new. And then the audience has to say, hey, look, we're going to try something different. I mean, heck, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a boy from uh, from Chicago and I didn't know what an avocado was until I moved out to California and I had my first avocado. I was like, oh, OK. I'm down with something new. So we have to introduce more. And Sean, thank you for your introduction of more stories to um, to the Black experience. And, and we look forward to that. And hopefully some of those will become movies that, um, that, that we'll be able to see. Well, I've got some screenplays written. All right, then. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dr. Janelle, I see you want to speak. Um, I, I just want to agree with everyone about needing more of the diverse storytelling. And I, I think I agree that uh, Black people really just want more stories that really center our humanity rather than that just focus focuses on our Blackness. And I, I also want to say, because I think, all right, in defense of Alice Walker, because I can't let that slide, uh, <laughs> you know, she, she actually wrote The Color Purple in memory of her grandmother who was abused uh, by her husband. So that's not coming out of some, you know, blanket, let's, you know, let's condemn, you know, all Black men. That's not really what it was about. As a matter of fact, the book in the novel, maybe not the movie, in the novel, Miss actually has a redemption arc at the end of the story. So she's also committed to everyone doing better once they know better that you can be better. Uh, I, I really think that 
part of that uh, diverse storytelling is realizing that whether we're talking about Black feminists or Black queers or anyone within the communities, the many communities of Black people, that we've got all of these different stories, both in terms of Black joy, but also in terms of some of the Black pain that we really shouldn't ignore or pretend doesn't exist. And I think that's the problem. We label it black pain, but there is human pain. Mm -hmm. And we can talk about human pain without saying that it specifically and exclusively belongs to us. What are some of the stereotypes of black people in films that are considered important or good by white people? Anybody want to take that? Who's got that one? <laughs> Antoine, I'll oh. give it to you. Like <laughs> movies about slavery more broadly, other types of violence against black people the are hell. the only types of films <laughs> regularly deemed important and good by the white people who greenlight these films. No, Antoine? I just want to make sure I understood what you're asking me. I'm sorry. You're asking... What are some of the stereotypes in, in films that uh, the white people who greenlight these films seem to make of importance in order to greenlight them? Um, honestly, I, I don't know. And I think a lot of the black movies that I've seen recently, they are created by black people. So I really don't see this, those same stereotypes. So I can't really speak to that. Right. I, don't think, I don't think that's the case right now. Yeah, I, I, and I guess I mean more specifically uh, for you, Antoine, or anyone on the panel, uh, when we see the black, when we see a white movie, right, a white film, there's always the sassy black best friend, right? There's always the hood black dude. Uh, the, I, I'm, I'm thinking of Clueless, the television show right now. <laughs> for some reason, Clueless is running through my mind. But go ahead, Princess. Well, I would say, like, going back to, I think Uncle Tom's Cabin is at the root of a lot of these stereotypes and the root of a lot of minstrelsy. Of There are these pre-selected roles that we, that white audiences felt comfortable seeing. And I think the good version of that, the Uncle Tom is a character that's so selfless, so giving. And that's how you get the root of the Black best friend that has no life or the mammy who's taking care of the children and you get the help, you know? Those are the stereotypes about passivity. You know, we're always passively resisting and never actively resisting. To go back to what Dr. Janelle said about we haven't had the Haitian revolution, because that would scare people. It would scare people to see our capacity to not take S word from people anymore. We very much rely on narratives and the misinformation about Martin Luther King and his own, you know, nonviolence to perpetuate right. this idea that the way to resist as a black person is to be kind effortlessly forever until, you know, emancipation. And that is just not historically true or makes good art, in my opinion. I think part of the reason why Viola regrets doing the help now is because not only is it so white and unrealistic but it's also very dull and uninteresting on top of just being a bad movie you know just ignorant all the way down wow okay um a lot of people had issue with the movie that holly berry won an oscar for monsters ball they said uh that it tapped into this black woman sexualization uh in, with a white man Oh, I have not seen, I haven't seen that movie in so long. So I have to like, you know, jog my memory. It's like, oh yes, I remember now. Um, yeah, well, she wasn't really given much to do. I think with so many of those movies that get uh, critical acclaim from white people that focus on black black actors, black characters, is always there's that that element of white white saviors. You know, as long as they're able to save you, then they can see you know the role that they have in terms of uh, coming in and 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 saving you from yourselves because of whatever those stereotypes may be. Um, Halle Berry's character was someone who had to be saved uh, by this. Uh, a white man who also was instrumental in getting rid of her black husband. So there are so many layers in that movie that was problematic. Um, but it's interesting that that's the one role that um, uh, Halle Berry won her Oscar for and is still the only black woman in that category. She's still the only black woman to have an Oscar for a uh, leading actress for best, um, a leading actress Oscar. Hopefully Danielle Deadweiler might be able to get it 
next year. Uh, she did amazing work in Till. I know a lot of people avoided that movie because of um, the pain of the, the story. And of what's Emmett. interesting about that is the movie intentionally uh, skirted away from that trauma in terms of what happened to Emmett Till. We never even see what happens to him. It was all about the mother and how she dealt with being strong and becoming a civil rights activist because of it. So it was more of uh, what you guys were talking about in the beginning uh, of a resistance to uh, the way Americans, Black Americans live. Let's take a quick break, we'll be back. Back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack. And the Business of Being Black today are slave movies. Are we sick of them? Are we prepared to be sick of slave movies? Are we prepared to be sick of them? Uh, listen, Gen Z, they are sick of not only slave movies, but just conversation and talk about slavery altogether. They don't even want Harriet Tubman to have a $20 bill, according to Raven Simone. So what? why is this? What is this disdain that Black people have created that generations coming forward don't want to have anything to do with professor avery um that's a different question <laughs> so anyway um i think that the whole idea is that you you get tired of a, of a genre like westerns westerns we got tired of them and it sort of went out but then they came back i think that the american what i call the american plantation genre is baked into the canon of uh, American movie offerings. So it will wane and it will come back, but I think it has to come back and it has to be with diversity in storytelling. I think it's one of the things that all of us on this panel agree with is that you need different ways to get into the story um, or and different stories to tell. I, I cite a guy named uh, Edward P. Jones who wrote a book called The Known World, where one of the main characters in there is a plantation, is a plantation owner, a slave owner, but he's black. And so mm. that sort of diversity uh, will keep the genre fresh and alive for future generations. Yeah. Why does it uh, these current generation, today's generation, Antoine, why does it today's generation honor the history of slavery and and how it's built and and given uh, black people a sense of strength? Quite frankly, we're fatigued. You know, while there is not a lot, it has been heavily promoted to seem like it is a lot. Um, but I think the, the main issue for me is instead of saying we don't want these anymore, just rephrase it to say we want more balance. Like we want more like different type of content. And I think Avery said that very well about diversifying the type of things that we put out. So if you're going to talk about slavery or talk about someone, historical figure in slavery, add them through action, add them through horror, add them through sci-fi, the way that was it Watchmen did it and the way that uh, Lovecraft Country did it. They did it perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Princess. Sometimes I feel like it's like a collective survivor's guilt, like that leftover generational trauma of having to dissect how much of our current live reality is so tied to something that many of us want to have distance from, when reality, many of us are only a few generations removed from enslavement. It is, right. And sometimes learning about history is sitting in the discomfort of the reality that has birthed you and your culture and your environment. You know, Black American, Caribbean, and South American culture is forever linked to enslavement. And that can be uncomfortable because it, it almost feels like, for some people, it dilutes the pride. And to yeah. me, I think part of fixing that is showing the joys that even enslaved people found in each other and how we, the food that we cook, the, the celebration that we have is all rooted in that. And the, so when the, we the idea that, of not wanting to be associated with it reminds me of someone who's from like this really, really small, small town, and then they move to Los Angeles and become a big star, and they don't want like, to I've never been there. Yeah. Where, where, where they've been. Princess, please tell us about your YouTube content. Oh, yes. I do pop culture all about the intersections between race, gender, and everything. I just like to talk about Blackness in all of its forms and how it affects how I watch TV. I'm also working on two books, one a collection of essays about being Black in fandom, and also a fantasy about Black witches during the Jim Crow era to add to that whole mix oh, it well, up. Oh, look at there! You're giving us balance <laughs> in the slave genre. Uh, Sean, please tell us about your book, John Haynes at Death's Door. Well, my book, John Haynes at Death's Door, is the fifth book in the John Haynes series and is one of the over 80 titles that I have written. And you can get all of those titles on Amazon.com in paperback and Kindle format. 
Thank you. Okay, Antoine, what about the new series you star in, Love and Us? Listen, as an actor, I'm starring in a series called Love and Us. It's about uh, three thirty-something black queer men who are trying to navigate their love life um, and their uh, their careers, and it's streaming right now on I Elevate TV. Professor Williams, tell us about the limited biopic series you're working on with Susan DePaz. Yes, the legendary Suzanne DePaz and I are working on a limited series that um, we hopefully will incorporate a lot of her people that she knows, and I mean she's been around for the longest, and 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 we're just excited about it. I'm not revealing too much about it, but uh, let's just say that we're working steadily moving forward. Can we know what the series is about? No. Yeah, why not? Heck, it's uh, Bessie uh, Bessie Coleman, the first oh. black aviatrix. You know. Yes. Uh, so well, this is, we needed to know that, Professor. Okay. Well, like, right. this well, is what the show is all, right. all about. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it, right. That's um, so it's a five-part limited series, you know. Thank you. Um, Doctor, Dr. Hobson, talk about when God lost her tongue, historical uh, consciousness in the Black feminist imagination and the Miss Harriet Tubman project. You got 20 seconds. Go. All right. Okay. So did my book, When God Lost Her Tongue, last year, which is all about uh, using our imaginations to reimagine our past as Black women, specifically Black people in general. Uh, and this year was the bicentennial birthday of Harriet Tubman. So I guess edited this Harriet Tubman bicentennial project with Ms. Magazine. I write regularly with them. They gave me the space to really do that work. I'm really excited. Harry Tubman was not about slavery. She was all about freedom. Excellent. So you hope we get that $20 bill, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> That's business of being Black. As a parent, no two days are ever the same. And let's face it, sometimes a little extra help goes a really long way. That's what's so great about Care.com. They make it easier than ever to find local, experienced, and background-checked childcare to help manage your family's ever-changing needs and schedule. From nannies and babysitters to daycare centers and tutors, find help for long- or short-term support. Whether you need an after-school sitter or help with the homework, there's a large selection to choose from. And all caregivers who use Care.com are required to complete a background check before they're able to interact with families on the platform. It's so easy. Just go to care.com and post a job for caregivers to apply. You can search for qualified candidates, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, and send messages directly. You can even find other kinds of care, including housekeepers, dog walkers, and caregivers for seniors. Find care for all you love. Sign up now and see why over 3 million families use care.com. Visit care.com today. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.